Turn your Bible uh, to me, with me, to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. We're kind of we're continuing this short sermon series that we're doing about uh, the fact that the devil is a liar. The devil is absolutely a liar. And uh, many of these lies plague our lives, and many times I think we're not even aware of it. We believe them as if they're true, right? Many times in your life, maybe you've been at the place, no matter how egotistical we appear on the outside, but maybe you're at the place where on the inside you're like, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. I can't make it. I can't make this happen. I felt like that in the past. I mean, I thought I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good enough husband. I've got to do better, right? My best isn't even good enough. And then, oh, here's my life as a pastor, as a minister. I'm not good enough. There's no way I'm good enough, right? I'm not good enough to be somebody's pastor, right? And they're especially true in God calling me in the ministry. I certainly didn't think I was good enough. Never felt good enough, smart enough, wise enough, right? I mean, as a teenager, I mean, come on. If you knew me as a teenager, this is not the trajectory you thought my life was going in, Amen. And so, matter of fact, matter of fact, I remember I was in student ministry even. I think I've shared this story with you before. I was in student ministry, and I went and preached at the church of a mentor of mine, this older uh, uh, Baptist preacher, and, uh, and he, just, he just sprung it on me uh, all of a sudden, wanted me to preach that night. And so I went to preach, and he knew that I was, uh, that uh, churches were, were talking with us about coming and being their pastor, and it was a big step for me and my family. And, and so I preached that Sunday night, and man, let me tell you, it was good. It was so good. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about it. That's a lie. But afterwards, it wasn't too good because this pastor told me after the sermon, I thought I was going to get some encouragement, a little pick them up. Marcus, you go get them. You wear them out. And that's not what I got. He looked me right in the eye and said, Marcus, no church is going to have you for a pastor. <laughs> he said, you probably need to stick with student ministry for a while. Get a little better. And, then I, and I was like, okay. And then, uh, but then also, I had a moment of, that's it. I'm not good enough. And then in the next moment, I was like, oh, God's about to show out in this situation. And he did. Right? But many of us, if we're honest, we come to these places where we just don't feel like we're good enough. And the truth is, many of the heroes of our faith felt the exact same way. They felt like they couldn't do it. They weren't good enough and that they didn't measure up. And so one particular guy we're going to look at this morning was Moses in the Old Testament. Before we get to him, write this down. This is kind of our main thought for this little short series, is that when we believe a lie, it might as well be true. If we believe a lie and we live a lie, it might as well be true. I shared with you last week, if I told you this morning that if you go over 50 miles an hour when you leave, your car is going to explode. If you believe it, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to go over 50 miles an hour. So if we believe a lie, many times it might as well be true. And our spiritual enemy, the devil's greatest weapon against us, is his lies. He's the father of lies, and he tries to convince us that we don't have what the word, God's word says that we have in his word. That we don't have everything that God's word says that we have in Christ Jesus. Moses was like this. God himself called Moses to deliver uh, his people out of bondage and slavery. And God showed up in a miraculous way in the life of Moses and said, Moses, you go get my people. Look at it, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Moses felt the same way many of us feel sometimes. In verse 10, he said, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. What, what is he saying? I, I can't talk in front of people. I can't talk in front of people, right? Uh, and uh, He's the guy that he's not... 
He's not going to sign up for the speech class in college. He's taking interpersonal communication. Do you know what I'm saying? How many of you this morning would speaking in public or giving a speech be your worst nightmare? Raise your hand, right? The ones that are keeping their hands down. Come on up. I guess. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right? But that's Moses. I can't talk. I'm slow to speak. I'm not, I, 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 I'm not eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. God, you've made some kind of big, 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 big mistake. There's got to be somebody more qualified than I am. In other words, God, I just don't measure up. Many of us do the same thing. There's a couple of things. I put these in your notes. There's a couple of things that many times we use in our life. We wrongly base our value, our personal value, on a couple of things. And you hear me say these all the time. The first one is this. Write this down. Many times uh, we think we are what they say. What, what is they? All of them. What people say. What the devil says. Maybe some of you grew up in a home where you got a lot of encouragement. You felt good about yourself. And others, you, you grew up in a home where they said, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're never going to amount to much. Or there was somebody in your life that was telling you that. You know, and you just think, well, maybe I'm not that good. I, there's nothing, you know, that God can't use somebody like me. The kind of personality where if somebody says something good, you feel good. But if somebody says something bad, you feel bad, right? Maybe there's some people that just run you down, right? They just run you down, they talk you down, and you know that you've got a bad reputation with people, and it just builds up all this anger and resentment in your life. And somehow, even though it's not true, even though what they say isn't true, you just feel like you're living with the weight of what they say and that you're carrying that with you everywhere you go. That all you'll ever be in life is what people say about you. Another lie, write this down. You're not what they say and you're not where you've been. Where you've been, what I mean is this. Some people wrongly believe that their worth or value in the eyes of God is based on past experiences. I mean, what happened to us in the past? Maybe you grew up in a challenging family, in a challenging situation, so you just think, I'm never going to amount to very much. Or maybe you weren't very good in school, and you're just an average student. Oh, I'd love to go back and just be an average student. Amen? Just an average student, so you think you're just going to be average in everything for the rest of your life. Maybe you had a dream of a great marriage, like, I'm going to get married, and he's going to be handsome and slim and, uh, and, and good-looking, head full of hair. Sorry, Alicia. Alicia's sick. She's watching at home. And so I'm going to marry this skinny guy with a head full of hair, and then you get this guy, and you're disappointed. Amen? Or maybe you thought you're going to get married, and it's going to be wonderful, and no matter how hard you tried, that relationship ended in divorce. And now that you're, you're divorced, and you just feel like everywhere you go, you've got a big D just stamped on your forehead, right? You, you couldn't hold your marriage together, so you're definitely not a good Christian. Right? You're not what people say, and you're not what, where you have been. One of the greatest tragedies today, I think about this often, is those people who have been molested as a child by sick people. And what happens is this, they get molested as a child by these sick individuals, and that causes physical scars and emotional scars that they carry with them for the rest of their life. And many times, far too often, the person that's the victim feels a sense of guilt and shame. And they carry that guilt and that shame with them, throughout life, even though they did nothing wrong. Listen, you're not what they say, and you're not where you've been. Your past doesn't dictate your future. And Moses battled with us just like we do. And God speaks truth into the life of Moses, and you think it'd make a difference, but look at it. His own inadequacy is speaking so much louder. Look at verse 11. So God says to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? 
Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Now, if God told you that, I'd like to think that you say, all right, God, me and you, we've got this, right? You're going to control my mouth. You're going to give me the strength, and, and you create, you invented the mouth, God, and you want me to go and do this? I'll do it. But not Moses. <laughs> His inadequacies are speaking so much louder than God's truth, and that might be you this morning. Look at verse 13. Moses says, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. God says, I'm going to be with you. I'll be your mouth. I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to help you. And then Moses goes, God, just send somebody else. I can't do it. Right? So many of us, we've wrongly believed the lie about who we are in Christ. It's led to some dangerous uh, conclusions in our life. I'm not good enough. I can't make a difference. Why even try? I fail at everything I do. I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm inadequate. I'm just not good enough. Why bother? I'm not that great. God can never do anything with my life. God can never use me. So why should I even try? You'd be surprised how many people just, they just, they've given up. They just think what is will always be. And so I just, why even bother? I knew a girl that I had grown up with back in the day. And she had a very public job, a very public position as an adult. And she failed a drug test. And it made the front page of the paper. Now this happens. I get a phone call from her. She's crying. And Marcus, you got to come over and talk to me. You got to come over here and talk to me. I, you know, I'm just, I'm devastated and all this. We go over there. To, I've never seen a human being as broken as this woman was. I mean, sobbing and heaving. I've seen people lose spouses that didn't demonstrate this kind of sorrow. I mean, I thought she was going to be physically ill, sobbing and broken and just devastated. She failed a drug test because of marijuana. And then she, what is she telling me in that moment? I'll never do it again. This has ruined my life. I'll never touch it. I'll never do it. And she, I mean, just devastated. You fast forward a few weeks later, I saw her somewhere. And pretty quick, quickly, I could pick up on that she wasn't keeping her promise to herself. And I said something to her. Hey, man, what's going on? Exact words to me. Mark, man, people are going to think it anyway. People are going to say what they're going to say, so I might as well just do what I want to do. She had given up. She decided that the way that what they say and where I've been determines who I am, so I might as well just give up and throw, just give it all up. Listen, that's not you. You are not what they say. You are not where you've been. If you're in Christ, you're who God says you are. And when the devil comes lying to you, telling you that you are what they say, you are where you've been, you need to replace that lie with the truth of God's word. When you come to Christ, your old nature dies. It's gone. You've got a new heart, a new spirit. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, but, but because you're spiritually new, it doesn't mean that old recording about how bad you are stops playing in your head. When we believe what he says about us, when we believe what God says, we can overcome the lies of the devil. We can do what he's called us to do. What does God say about you this morning? If you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, number one, write this down. Oh, you need to understand that I am called. I am called. I am called. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10, God's word says this. But may the God of all grace, who did what? called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. You are called. You're so incredibly loved by God that he called you to salvation. He cares about you. He came for you, and he's calling you. Now, how many of you this morning, 
Now, we, we didn't do our early service uh, because you weren't going to come to it. So we, we just did the one service this morning because of the weather overnight. Let, let me ask you a question. How many of you are tired right now? Just raise your hand. Be honest. Be honest. Right? A lot of tired people. Well, here's your verse, Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is calling. If you're hungry, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. If you're lost and wandering in life, Jesus says, I'm the way. If you're uh, believing the lies that the devil is saying about you, uh, God's word, Jesus said, I am the truth. Who are you in God's eyes? That's what matters right now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, some of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are in Christ. You're not what they say, and you're not where you've been. In Christ, I'm called. Number two, write this down. In Christ, I'm capable. I can do what God has called me to do with him in Christ. If I couldn't do what he's called me to do, he would never call me to do it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. You know this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, the key word there is not I can do everything and I can win football games and I can jump the highest or run the fastest. It's whatever God is calling you to do, you can do through Christ. That's the important part, through Christ. Not me, not that I'm so good, right? Romans 8, 37 says this, yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us, through Christ, his power working in us. One of the greatest goals of your spiritual enemy is to Talk you out of everything that God has for you. You're not good enough. You've been bad. You're a sinner. You're a hypocrite. Right? Throw in the towel. Give up. You don't have what it takes. And maybe you don't have what it takes. That's kind of the point. You don't have what it takes. Look at this next slide. Jesus will make you capable for anything and everything that he's calling you to do. Christ in you will make you capable for every single thing that he's calling you to do. I mean, honestly, do you think I feel capable to be a preacher or a pastor? I mean, there's so many great Bible teachers and brilliant leaders and amazing preachers out there. I'm just up here trying not to say ain't too much. Amen? But listen, guess what? Christ through me can do anything that he's called me to do. And it's the same for you. Christ in you. He is strong enough. He is capable enough. And that what, that's what makes you capable to do anything and everything. No, to do what he's called you to do. You're called and you're capable. When you learn to die to self and love people like Christ loves people. Think about your wife. Gentlemen, I got news for you. Guys, look up. Here's some marriage advice. You're never going to please your wife. Amen? You, this is not, but listen. Christ, through you, can please your wife. You can have a marriage like you never imagined. Once you decide to die to yourself and love her like Christ loved the church, that'll change something. Maybe you've been witnessing to somebody and you want them to get saved. It's a family member, man. You're just like, I need them to come to Christ. I need them to get saved. And you've been praying. You've been witnessing. You've been praying and witnessing. And you're just like, I just can't. I'm, it's just not going to work. Christ, through you, can use you in that situation. And make something where you think there's nothing. He can give you the words to say, wisdom, timing, discernment. Anything he's calling you to do, he's going to make you capable to do. Whatever he calls you to do, he will equip you. And you're not that good on your own. I mean, you're really not. You know you, right? 
but Christ in you is more than enough. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4. It says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. You know, that's Wednesday night, and we shared it online. We kind of had a, a state of the church address. We like to talk about things that God has done in the last year, numbers and things like that. And I think about many of those things as we're talking about it. I mean, for instance, we added 117 new church family members in 2018. In 2017, we added 70. 2018, we, we added 117 new church family members for the year. And there's just all kinds of amazing numbers like that. And you're looking at that, and maybe as a church, you can start thinking, hey, we're pretty good. Hey, we're pretty good, right? Or the pastor could start thinking, hey, I didn't say ain't once. I'm pretty good. Listen to this verse again. Verse four, it says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But where does it all come from? God. It's God. When he calls you to it, He'll make you capable. You're called by Christ. You're capable through Christ. Number three, write this down. Also in Christ, you're complete. You may not feel like it, but you are. You're absolutely complete in Christ. He's given everything you need for life and for holiness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything. We're complete in Christ. A big mistake, we, people don't complete you. God does. Jesus does. You have to find that one person, Jesus, before you can find that second person, your spouse. Things don't complete us. I mean, I've got to be happy. I've got to be filled, fulfilled. I've got I to make more money. I've got to buy uh, another truck. I've got to get a, a, a boat. I've got to go on 10 vacations. I gotta, whatever it is, we think things will make us happy. Hey, we did a promo this morning for financial peace. Getting everything paid off will not make you happy without Christ. Christ in us. He's called us. He makes us capable. And he completes us in every good work. Money, things, people don't complete you. Christ does. Look at this next slide. So what are you missing this morning? What are you missing? You can find it in Christ. You need peace. In Christ, you can find peace. This world doesn't even have any clue about. You need assurance. Christ is your assurance. You need strength. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. You need blessings. We've got blessings that are eternal that far outweigh anything of the world. You need comfort. Look at this verse. Isaiah 66, verse 13. It says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. I don't know about you, but nobody comforts me as much as my mama. You are complete in Christ. So whenever somebody says to you, you say to yourself, you're not good enough, you don't measure up, you're completely inadequate, you can say, that's right, but get behind me, Satan. I'm called by Christ. He came and died for me. I'm capable through Christ. Whatever he calls me to do, he'll equip me to do it. Not by my power, but by his. Not in my strength, but in his. And I'm absolutely complete in Christ. I don't need nobody, and I don't need no thing to be complete in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him dwells at all the fullness of the Godhead body. In other words, in Christ, God. That's what that's saying. Chapter 10, and I mean verse 10, And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You're complete in Christ. So those of you who are Christ followers this morning, 
You are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're more than conquerors in Christ who gives you strength. God is working all things to bring about good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You're not a victim this morning. You're a victor in Christ. You're more than a conqueror. You can do everything he's called you to do with his strength. And because of his goodness and blessings on your life, Scripture says that you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. Your sin will not be held against you. You're a new creation. Inside of you lives the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You've got access to the throne room of God in prayer. Jesus Christ right now is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he is praying for you at this moment. He is calling you. You are called. He is empowering you. You are capable. You are complete. Everything that you need is available for you in Christ. This is what you have in Jesus. But without him, You're a sinner. You've got your sin. You've got your guilt. You are guilty. Without Christ, I would have nothing of value. Do you have Christ? Are you living your life in Christ? In Christ, you are called. You are capable. And you are complete. Without Christ, let me tell you something. This morning, you're being called but you're not capable and you're not complete. Let's pray.